Bevan presents Tech Talk Tuesdays with Hanita Chalabi. Hello everyone. Thank you for joining our session of Tech Talk Tuesday. Super exciting session we have going on. Thank you for Henry and Fernando for joining. Um, a little introduction about Henry. He has been previously on Tech Talk Tuesday with us. He is also a member of our board of advisors. Welcome, Henry. Hello. Hello. And our special guest today is Fernando Hernandez, and he is the, supply, the Supplier Diversity Director from Microsoft Corporation. And in his capacity, he drives Microsoft's strategy, and he does the Supplier Diversity and Sustainability Objectives. He is responsible for Microsoft's $3.4 billion annual supplier diversity initiatives and over $4 billion in sustainability spend. Welcome, Fernando. Thank you for joining today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm eager to uh, join you here in TED Talk. Thank you. We're excited to have you. So I'm going to go ahead and get off the session for right now. Um, our audience, feel free to leave any questions in the chat box, and then I'll be joining back on in the end to go over whatever you guys have um, written out. So see you guys soon. Pretty good. All right. Well, thank you, Anita Fernando. I am so excited to have you on. It's very rare when I get to speak to a, a, a fellow futurist, someone who tries to live in 10 years ahead of time. So this is wonderful. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little back and forth, ask you a series of questions, and you ask me a couple of questions. And if we have time at the end, we'll take some from the audience. So just heard your bio. It's super impressive. Um, so I just want you to walk us through. Um, you were a very successful entrepreneur. Um, so can you just let people know what led you to your current role at Microsoft? Well, first of all, Henry, thanks for your kindness and thanks for uh, doing this for the community. I know you're always working on behalf of the community. So thank you. Thank you for being the person that you are first and foremost. Um, to answer your question, my friend, um, I, I've had an interesting life in that the beginning of my life, I did a lot of entrepreneurship uh, when I was at AT&T. And what people may not know, <laughs> and you know as a, as a friend, is uh, I created things like the first voice over IP service, which today, if you extrapolate it out, it's things like WhatsApp uh, that all of us use or, or things around that, that nature. And at the time, at the time, we had created something called voice over IP, and we brought it out uh, to the market in the early 90s. So I was a pioneer in that in prepaid communications, whether it's prepaid cellular, prepaid cards, or one of the first ISPs in a language other than English, WorldNet and Espanol. Um, what happened in my case, I, I, you know, I did very well because I was actually looking at the needs of the communities that we serve, and I was trying to create products that engage with that need, and it worked super well. But, you know, it's great that you can make billions of dollars for corporate America, which I did. I created the program from nothing to a $2 billion a year program around multicultural marketing. But what I noticed that people like you and I on the other side weren't getting hired. Mm -hmm. Companies weren't being brought in. People weren't getting mentored, et cetera. And I said, you know what? I want to do a, my job. I want to change it. And I want to do that side of the business. And I did. That is awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I want you to talk about that because what you're doing is, is unique. And I think that we just need to flat out say that. Um, can you talk about digital transformation in the future of work? Because what I see that you're doing that uh, unfortunately a lot of you know people are not doing in uh, the minority advocacy space or the supplier development spaces, you are literally trying to help these firms prepare for the future because we know these large cap companies, they live in these transformations. So can you just talk about how important it is to get up to speed on this? I, I, I think that that's, this is probably the most important aspect of what I'm doing today, which is I have a, clear, a very clear perception of what the future is going to be three to five years from now. And you and I are both futurists. We like to live in that future and we're usually pretty right. Um, from my perspective, digital transformation is real and it's taking hold. And what we've experienced in the last two years, in the last two months, is two years of digital transformation being crammed in. Think about these forums. Think about the way you interact and work today. It's radically changed. And I think for the minority community um, and for all our brothers and sisters that, that are willing to, you know, to, to look at this, they have to start thinking about a world where it's about connected intelligence all around you. It's about what we concepts called ambient intelligence, call it what you will, enabled by machine learning and AI. So you're going to have things like, like, like smart concierges, right? A smart assistant, way smarter than Cortana, Alexa, or Siri, really supporting you through your life. And that's a different way of thinking. Or the fact that as you go in and register an intention of, oh, I'd like to travel to, to you know, I'm going to go with my friend Henry to Hawaii in three weeks. And I just put that down or put it out on social media or in my calendar. And your intelligent bond takes over and creates a whole itinerary mm-hmm. in five minutes and sends it back to you and says, Henry, does that look good to you? Fernando, does that look good to you? Thumbs up. You know, and it's not magic. It's built on it's looking at 10 years worth of your prior travel history. And the fact that every time you and I get together, we like to eat sushi. So it's recommending sushi restaurants. It's not magic. It's just like, it, think about it like Madonna's concierge, the person that runs around and makes sure that her meals are perfect, her bath water is 98 degrees. But now it's a digital agent that's doing all these wonderful things for you. That's the future. But as a business person, you have to think about what business opportunities are there for you? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And so the the, the, the next question I want to ask you is we've seen a lot of um, social unrest and we've seen a lot on the news um, and especially coming towards tech um, companies and this need to diversify. So um, Bay One and I are, are launching a diversity in tech campaign where we're basically asking, you know, tech companies to come on and basically look like the people that they go out to serve. Um, so what are some um, best practices or some suggestions you would make to basically help diversify the tech industry? Well, I think that um, I think it's it's really about being uh, forward looking. And if you're forward looking, you have to approach it, Henry, from the point of view of, you know, this social movement is not going away and it's gone global because it's been fueled by social media and traditional media, et cetera. So I think we're living in a great, in a great time where we'll look back and say, wow, this was a time when 
it really took hold. This time it's going to stick, right? Um, built on, again, all the in, in, incredible sacrifices of the prior generations. I think that, let's, let's, let me look at it this way. If you're a social media company and you pull out all the brown faces, all, all, all the black faces, you know, you keep going down, all, all the gay faces, all, all of, and you pull it down, guess what? Social media becomes a pretty boring place, my friends. It, it collapses. So right now, what people don't understand is they are holding up social media. All these diverse folks are was making social media interesting. Think about all the sports figures, you know, all of the entertainers, etc. that you see. A lot of them are the people I'm talking about. So if you're in social media, you have to get it and you have to like really figure it out real fast because this is the next big move, right? Um, in traditional tech, if you're creating algorithms around things like artificial intelligence and you don't have people like ourselves creating the algorithms, you know, people just go from what they know when they're crafting the algorithm. They're not bad people. It's just this is my view of the world, right? My worldview. That's all I can craft on. Therefore, if it's not peppered by different points of view, you get back to that old funny joke of like, when you and I probably took the SAT, that you would look at the SAT and say, you know, a question that related to a Winnebago. And if you were like myself growing up in Jersey City, New Jersey, yeah. there was no Winnebagos out in Jersey City, New Jersey. Right. So like that question you're going to get wrong because you don't even have the context. Well, in AI, it's the same, right? If you don't have the context of the sensitivity of something like Juneteenth, a lot of people it came out, and this was the first time that it resonated with for people like ourselves that have felt it in our own soul, we're like, wow, it's amazing that society hasn't caught up with it. Mm. Well, these artificial agents and whatnot have to catch up with that sensitivity. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So do you have any questions for me or? or, or... Is this, I, I definitely have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> in your estimation, mm -hmm. this time, is it going to stick like we hope? Oh, so that's a that's a great question because everybody always says this time it's going to be different and it doesn't last. So um, what I'm hoping to do is I'm trying to tie and we need both. And normally we pull one side or lever, right? So I'm mm -hmm. trying to tie the social justice people who are out there demanding rights, which is exactly what we need, with some of the people on the economic justice lever, some of the people who are talking about capacity building in the communities, some of the people that are talking about creating generational wealth in our community. And we have to bring them together because we've tried pulling one lever at a time and it never works. So why I do think this time is going to be different is because I think now you have both sides working together. Because, you know, if you leave this up to the corporations, or you leave this up to, you know, the people in government who, you know, just want to get back to normal, it is going to go away. But what I think we have now was different is post-millennials are demanding change. For now, our generation, you know, we, we were taught, you know, study hard, go to school, get a good job, keep your head down, don't rock the boat. Right. This younger generation, that's not what they are taught. They're taught, go in there, fight for what you believe, love the planet, love the people on this planet, and demand change. And that's why I think that you're seeing that this is lasting other stuff, because these these young people, they're just not going to put up with some of the stuff we we put up with. I, I would agree. I would agree. 
So um, what are some what are some new things that you're seeing? I mean, you work at Microsoft. So what are some of the things that you've seen on the pipeline that you have a view of that really nobody else even knows is going to come? Give us some wows. Well, there's there's some things I can talk about them, things that I can't talk about. I think the things that are exciting to me is like looking at how we're applying uh, technology to support um, sustainability. And mm -hmm. I think you can see a lot, a lot there because, you know, um, quite honestly, uh, until recently, technology wasn't really being applied. So I would go, I, I'm part of like uh, UN initiatives around uh, different sustainability goals, what we call SDGs. And I would sit there and this is with UN level people, very sophisticated people, but they wouldn't make the bridge between here you have an environmental issue crisis and how you can apply technology to it. Mm -hmm. There's no middleware. And so, as you know, I'm the unusual bird always in the room. <laughs> of like, I tether this to this and whether it's supplier diversity or sustainability, I think the world is you have to be, you have to know enough about technology so you can weave these things together. So around sustainability, I think around diversity and inclusion, I'm waiting for somebody to develop a tool and maybe we'll give it to the person today to be able to look quickly at an organization and to synthesize more of all the faces of the organization. What is the common face mm. you know, in, a, in, a, in one iconography, right? So you quickly visually see, oh, out of a thousand people, this is the, the average person looks like this. Mm -hmm. And if it still looks like, you know, the predominant group, then you got to shift that over just a little bit. But it's a different way of thinking. It's not expressed in numbers, right? It's not expressed in, in me showing you all these charts. It's a visual representation of if I ask for what is the, the common person in XYZ Corporation look like, the composite, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. I think that would be a cool tool. It, and then today, I think it's, it's, it's definitely available and it can be done. So, so that's something cool. I look at areas like that I'm helping, specifically like African-American-owned businesses. There's this company in California, Pam Isom, and she does security products, and she's using uh, mixed reality and other augmented reality products to apply it to an area that you wouldn't think of. You know, a person has, um, has a heart attack, you gotta go and bring out the little paddles out of that kit in the wall, and apply it. You, I would probably throw a person three times over because I wouldn't know what I'm doing. But now, if I throw on these virtual reality glasses, that real time, I put it on, it shows me. It says, oh, step one, step two, step three. Now I can effectively do that. Well, that's a product that we helped her out with. And she's selling a lot more. And she's up to like her fifth different SKU. She's doing it to train people how to drive forklifts virtually, et cetera. Hmm. So it's how do people in our community that have great institutional knowledge here but they not, might not be technologists, but how do you marry them with a technologist and bring it together, right? That is the future, and that's what excites me. And I tell people, not everybody has to be a technologist. You have to have access to a technologist. That is, that is exactly right. So um, there's a lot of fear out there. Um, whenever there's dramatic change, I think you said it you know, best, we expect this future of work thing to play out over two or three years, and it got compressed into a couple of months. What do you say to someone out there who, who, who does want to go on this journey of digital transformation and just doesn't know how to get started or to know how to connect with a smart person like you? 
Look, I think there's there's two different people. One is the person that's listening to us today and wants to look at it as a career. Mm -hmm. For that person, I would say, look, the move, the move is to real-time, just-in-time working. There's platforms like rosy.com or uh, We Are Rosy, which is playing on this really cool model of taking all sorts of, of professionals and offering them up to corporations and other institutions um, in a virtual way. I think that's an interesting model that's playing forward. The educational piece of it is things like in LinkedIn learning. There's a lot of good just-in-time training. So if you went in and you took like two or three courses on, on let's say, if you, you know something about technology and you took a few courses on artificial intelligence, it would help you. It would immediately give you that on your on your bio, you know, on your uh, resume, and you can throw it up on your on your LinkedIn. That in the future, especially in this environment where everybody's locked in, now every, all the education has a shift to online, and now the just-in-time learning is going to become even more important. So you learn what you need when you when you need it, and you add it. You add it. So that's for the individual. I think for the companies, you got to look at the mega trends, you know, in technology. We can rattle them off, and, but there's other meta trends going on. One is is the you know in the United States the aging baby boomers, right? If you can figure out something that works with this aging population, right? This is evergreen because for the foreseeable future, it's going to be the issue, right? But if you can also figure it out here in the United States, you have areas of the world like in China that they have their baby boomers aren't 85 million people, it's about 350, 400 million. So if you have solutions that work here, you can also take them to other parts of the world, Europe, Italy, France, aging populations, Japan, aging populations. So there's, there's macro trends that are very, very powerful. That's one around aging. The, the macro trend about around now healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, digital healthcare was kind of a sleeper for a long time, no more. That will change, right? And how does that push forward? Again, AI examples like, oh, in the future, not too distant future, you're going to see a radiologist and an AI system working together. So it's an expert and an expert system. That's the future. Just remember that an expert and an expert system working together. And how it plays forward is let's make sure, let's say that it's a radiologist. If you're a smart radiologist, Henry, you can probably look at, let's say, maybe 50 or 100 slides a day, images, before you start to fatigue. And fatigues in that space is not good. You're diagnosing something that isn't there or is there or you missed it. But if you have an expert system that's using something called computer vision, it's been trained to look and look and look and observe, you can clear through a thousand of these radiology slides. And the only ones that get kicked out to you, my friend, are mm -hmm. X number that the system says, either I can't figure it out for whatever reason, or it says this, I'm pretty sure, is a melanoma. I need you, the expert, now to verify that. That's what's going to play out, whether it's healthcare, in this example, because we're talking healthcare, or whether it's legal services, accounting services, you fill in the blank. But this is the future. So let's talk about that because you, you, every industry is being disrupted. Oh. And, I, and I want to, last question, I want you to talk about mindset because I think it's the key determinant that nobody ever talks about. Um, 
And, and you've mentioned things like the future. You've mentioned things like change. You mentioned things like continuous learning. Can you talk, and I know at Microsoft, you have a culture of be a learn it all, not a know it all. Can you just talk about how important it is to always having to upskill and to be a learn it all? You know, you know, you're, you've done your research. It's, it's, our, it's our culture. And I think to live in what you're talking about is a growth mindset and to be open-minded. Um, but I think it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, Henry. Uh, it's, it's good, yes, from a technological point of view and a business point of view. But think about it. If, if you really are truly flexing that muscle, it spills over into social justice. Mm -hmm. right? It spills over into all these other beautiful areas because you've been trained to think broadly, to accept everyone, to love everyone. You know, so therefore, I think you can you have many more elements to play with to create, I think, awesome services. A good example would be like when Satir CEO came in and started pushing hard on accessibility, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, guess what? Accessibility products turns out really help out everybody. Because yeah. if you and I are tired and you have a lengthy email and you highlight it and click the, the read out loud, right? It helps you out or a college student that's pretty tired, you know, 50 page paper, they, they can listen to it. Mm -hmm. well, that was created for accessibility. And to take it to that level, to make it really good like it is now, was created for accessibility. But it benefits all of us. So when you bring in the richness of people like yourself or myself into the mix, I think it makes all the products work better. Hey, guys. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm back with some questions whenever you guys are ready. Already. Okay, I have a personal question myself. Um, you guys mentioned social media and where the millennials and younger generations are making strides for demanding changes in diversity and so on. Right now, they're not only on social media, but kind of demanding that change across you know, their communities, across the world at this matter. Um, what are some changes millennials and the younger folks can do in organizations to help their organizations to get up to par? from your guys' experience and perspectives? Because they do want to get involved. How do we connect that aside from having that social media voice where you actually can make a difference? Sure. I think from my perspective, it's making sure that you create a culture within the company that your voice can be heard. That's the first thing, because you have to feel comfortable to project that voice uh, before anything, and that all voices are being heard, right? It truly. Then you move to the level of being active of a person because culturally sometimes some cultures are a little bit more quiet. You know, so if a person is, you can see they want to engage, coach them, you know, so that you know, it becomes a practice that everybody, everybody gets engaged. And then lastly, you know, you never know who is going to come up with the wisdom. I would have, when I was doing multicultural work, it was funny. Because people would say, wow, you even invite your EA and everything to the meetings? It's like, yeah, why not? She might, you know, it was a she at the time. She might have the next phenomenal idea. I don't know where it's going to come from. Why should I be so arrogant to say I've got all the ideas? I don't. But by allowing yourself to leave your ego at the door, but it's got to be for real. Mm -hmm. Then everybody, you create a really great harmonious environment where everybody's relaxed. Because psychologists will tell you, if you're when you're in that relaxed environment, the best comes forth. 
right? Yeah. And, no, I, I, I completely agree. I also say the number one tip I can give to young people is be a problem solver. Um, one thing I, I, I'm telling you, your CEO will love you more than you can imagine if instead of pointing out all the holes in the ship, if you can start plugging some of them. And you will, if you can add value to your organization by being the person that everybody's like, hey, we have a massive problem, go to Fernando, go to Henry, go to Hanita. I'm telling you, that will make your stock rise in the corporation faster than anything. Because trust me, everybody's telling them what's wrong. <laughs> Any a few people that tell yeah. them how to fix it. Absolutely. <laughs> and the thorniest issues, the thorniest issues, right, Henry? Like right mm -hmm. now, yes. the issue of social justice, where people are, a lot of folks are, are good intention, but they have no clue what to do. Well, in a respectful way, do exactly what Henry said. Absolutely. And just to go along with that question, Anish has a question for you guys saying, what are the few programs that you or your company implemented that are helping to fix the diversity in tech? In, in, our, in our case around, uh, around Microsoft, there's a number of different initiatives that we announced. Um, you can go to my social media feed and I posted them. It's pretty extensive. It's a page worth of initiatives that we mentioned uh, that we committed to. Uh, and they're extensive. Like in our case, we committed to on the supplier diversity program to double the number of African-American-owned businesses in our portfolio in the next three years to put, to add an additional half a billion dollars in spend specifically for the African-American market. And then once we figure that one out, you know, we're going to snap in other markets as we go to even give more emphasis um, hiring. We've committed to significant hiring of African-Americans, hiring, retention, mentoring, supporting. And there's specific numbers um, that, again, you can look at because it's, it's quite extensive. On the social side, our commitment to access to capital, which Henry and myself have to talk about with the new fund he has, um, there's a lot going on there. Um, access to our technology, you know, digital transformation, things of that nature, um, where we can add as well. So I think there's a lot of different areas that Microsoft and the other tech companies are stepping up. And I would love to see it across all of, of corporate America, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that we get the corporations, you get, you know, public sector, private sector, the nonprofit world working together. Um, I think academia is something that people kind of don't think about, but there's great initiatives that we've done, like with you know, the Tuck School, great initiatives with the University of Washington and with Stanford. They have a role to play because if more people of color and more women had graduated from MIT and Stanford and whatnot, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Think of, Henry, I'll ask you this question. What if you had been the founder of, let's say, Google or you know one of these other companies? You would probably have been more open to hire more people of color. I would imagine, knowing you, right? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So the the, the pipeline to get people into the CEO suites of some of these humongous corporations absolutely a strategy we have to have. Um, just very quickly, um, two things I'm doing is we gather together. Minority Wealth Commission is the smartest people I could find in the diversity space. And we're gonna put out a plan 
um, because you can't accomplish anything real without a plan. We're going to put together a plan on how to close the racial wealth gap in America. That's number one. Number two, we if you have a plan, you need money because, you know, we typically don't get funded. So I'm working with a private equity company. We are going to announce on Thursday. So I, I guess I'm ahead of the announcement, a $250 million fund that's going to invest in minority uh, communities and minority businesses. And big part of that is going to be helping minority businesses go through their journey of digital transformation. See, that, that's that's real. And that's a blessing. You know? Thank you for doing that. And I have actually one more question from Neha. She is asking, how can we be an ally just as an American? If we don't have a job in DEI, how can we make a difference? I think everyone has a role, you know, in, in our society. I think you're going to, in the future, you're going to be making choices with how you spend your dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Which companies reflect your values and which companies don't? Whether, as my colleague would say, not only on DNI, but on sustainability, on accessibility, on other things that are important around social justice to you as a human being, right? What is the people's policy on, on gender diversity, on sexual diversity, et cetera? So, you know, I think you're going to find out that once people figure out that when they vote with their dollars, they're super powerful, you know? You're talking about markets. The African American market is what about 1.2, 1.3 trillion, you know, dollars, and people don't think about it. These are huge numbers. So people are going to start to vote with their dollars, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much um, for joining us today, Henry and Fernando. Thank you guys so much for giving us all the insight and um, kind of bringing us to your perspective and you know your journey in terms of what you're seeing. Um, with that, I'm gonna go ahead and end our Tech Talk Tuesday. Um, we have a diversity in tech pledge that we had gone over today. We recapped on what Microsoft is doing to help out and we've also talked about digital transformation um, overall. So for next week, we have Throughline Thursday. Um, we're gonna have a guest named Madhavi Basin join us and she is at Okta. Um, she's responsible for crafting the company's diversity, inclusion, and belonging strategy. So please join us and sign up for that. But guys, thank you again so much for everything. And I hope everyone stays safe and has a great um, week ahead. Thank, thank you. you. guys. Thank you for listening. To view our webinars and snippets, visit our YouTube channel, Bay One, The Future Works Here. You can also visit our website, www.bay1.com, or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you once again.